He just DM'd me back. It sure was a beautiful time. I should have disappeared in the Massachusetts wind with you. You down the ride? Wind emoji. Wind emoji. Wind emoji. <laughs> so this guy clearly wants to fuck. Uh, there's, I there's, mean, he lives in... I don't know where. There's no Ireland? beating around your bush in that sense. Oh, wait, what? He lives in Ireland? How do you know I have a fat bush? No, I'm just kidding. Um, he is. He does live in... He is like a professional rugby player. Wait, so so what happened? So what was your response to this guy? What's what's the conversation here? Give 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 our listeners some context. Um, you know how we were talking last episode about random DMs? Like I love them. Like I love them, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. dudes are just so awkward. I also think this pandemic has made men just like have more offhand DMs because like they're lonely and like horny. Like but besides that one the fact I got one, on my Tinder the other day. What the was one that? Was like the guy that I haven't responded to, and he's just like, "Hey, hey, hey," and then it's, oh, "Did yeah, you fall? Yeah, that's did energy. you fall from heaven? Because I'll eat your ass." Oh, <laughs> honestly, that's such a good pickup line. Hey, hey, I know you haven't answered my last nine DMs, but I'm just gonna let you know I'll eat your ass, and you're an angel. Oh um, my god! But yeah, no, that's a, a very common theme. Pandemic vibe of just guys, just like I've, I've been blocking. Wanting them, to though. eat ass is a huge pandemic vibe. But eating ass, no, the annoyance of not responding and still trying, yes. But this guy, I mean, okay. whatever. He's actually kind of normal, but I just like he lives in like Ireland. Maybe I don't know, but. I guess he listens to this podcast, but he goes, we really should have gotten married that time, really. Um, nice podcast, good vibes, Clover. Um, like the Irish vibes he's throwing in there. No, I, I, I made out with this guy after I flew in from California um, when I, with, with my ex-boyfriend. Um, I really liked the guy, like he, Quinn, uh, my ex, great guy. And I was terrified that I liked somebody because I was on my fuck boy binge. I was a fuck boy myself. And I was like, this guy seemed nice. Um, I think he wants to date. So I made out with this guy right after my flight. It was St. Patrick's Day. I landed right on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and then this guy had an Irish accent, a big Irish beard. He was like a rugby player. And I was like, hot. Yes. Get it. Get it. So we made out and I was just like, anything I can do to sabotage the feelings that I have for somebody that's wholesome. Yeah. But it's cool. Like he listens to our podcast. You know, anything we can what do. What is up with that? Anything like, we can do for an extra listener. You know what? We <laughs> shout out to Ireland actually because on our statistics, we have a strong like three percent like Ireland as a listening is. audience. <laughs> and I know one of them is my auntie. So shout out to my auntie Caroline. And one of them is Grace's random makeout. So shout out to you other. guys. I don't know if, mm-hmm. if you're listening from actually that's something I've been curious like you guys please engage with us please on our Instagram us, like yeah, where are you from because yeah, we, we we're know. popping off in different countries and like that's wild he seems he seems wholesome though he his next DM was I answered and I was like hey glad you listened thanks for tuning in he goes it sure was an interesting time us meeting I should have disappeared into the Massachusetts wind with you wind blow emoji wink face I like that he said the nothing back wind. about the podcast and was like, wait, Nothing. no, I'm still focused on how we made out. Like, thanks for listening, dude. Maybe you actually aren't listening. I think maybe he just knows it's in your bio. He followed. I saw that he followed on Instagram. You podcast, do run all though. our social media. I'm not attached to the social media, so I don't like. You don't check. Because also, I've been kind of loving the vibe that like, because me and you, we follow some people, obviously, on the account. Mm-hmm. But there's like a lot of people that follow us that we don't know that we don't. And that's, it's cool. It's nice to see the engagement that's growing. Super cool. And you know what? There's actually one of there's a couple of my brother's friends um, that have become my friends now who fuck with our podcast really heavily. And I, it was really cool because I saw one of the girls, Ginny, she uh, in one of the pages she follows. They were like, hey, you know, what podcast are you guys listening to? We listen to NPR, X, Y and Z. And Ginny was like, 
NPR. And, Jenny, and she recommended um, she recommended our podcast in the comments. And I was like, it's a lot more fun than NPR. Well, it was that. just like for someone to recommend us. And yeah. especially like, I mean, Jenny's a cool girl. Like everyone I know is cool girls. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so no, that's cool. I actually listen to NPR podcasts like every week, actually. But besides the fact, I think our podcast is a different vibe. It's obviously a little bit more. uh Less serious. Uh, <laughs> uh, serious. You we're serious. What are you talking about? I actually seriously think NPR entertaining. Seriously entertaining. NPR has been like DMing you down to oh rides and shit. They're like, you guys, please. And I'm like, back up. They wanted guys. to sponsor us, and yeah. we were like, ugh, you know. Come on, the New York Times too. They're like the New York Times, NPR. They can't. They won't get off our back about doing a podcast with them, and we're like, guys. We're just trying to take this a little bit slower. We're all We're not about ready organic for NPR growth. Yet. Like Apple, calm down. Beats by Dre. We don't need you yet. You need us. Organic growth. I think that that's a really good lead into the fact that it's 420. Hey! Happy 420. I, I don't know. I, know. I like don't smoke weed, but. I, it's, it's like not even a big deal. I smoke fat every day. So it's like. I know every single day is 420 to you like literally yeah it's cool it's cool it's a good life it's it's a it's a great life i live grateful for it every day oh my god i actually was like really reflecting on marijuana use today due to the fact that i woke up from a phone call from my father saying happy holidays Mm. um and i was like what the fuck is he talking about then i was like ah it's 420 today the time is now Oh wow, that's that came out really clear Thank through you. your mic. Um, but yeah, no, uh, my dad smokes fast. We have too. exactly half so an I... hour. In half an hour from like this point, do I hit the bong? Oh my god! Wow, we're gonna be recording during at four twenty on yeah. four twenty. One would say we almost timed it right Who to do that. Would have thought us putting like planning into anything? Shocking, shocking. We kind of do put in some absolutely fire planning when it wasn't intended. Because you know, I think when you overplan, it comes out like so shit. So here's the thing. Speaking of planning, speaking of 420, I've got a great story to share. Uh, and it coincidentally happened seven years ago today. So Ooh, love that. Are you are you curious? And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm down to ride. Are you down to ride? I'm so fucking down to ride. Like I'm down to smoke. I'm down that. to ride. I have. <laughs> I am a rider. Emphasis on the down yeah, to smoke. Like, <laughs> fuck, I don't know what to tell you. I'm cool as fuck. I'm cool as fuck. So, anyways, Soleil actually interjects. Soleil smokes fatter than anybody I've ever hung out with, and I have literally her eyes just lit up. She was like, "Oh my god, thank you." <laughs> no, literally, Soleil smokes fatter than anybody I've thing. ever met. I in mean, my life. that's that's a flex but i'm gonna say what's an even bigger flex and this is something i have heard twice now from two separate people without me prompting them to say this and it was yo slay you're actually like a mad clean stoner like my room is clean all the time like all my shit's clean i'm not like dirty like people are like oh you're not like i'm not well, that's grungy a st- that's a stigma that's a stigma also behind marijuana i believe there's a lot of stigmas around there's a lot of- which we are gonna talk about we are going to talk about, but I also think that that's a, that's a big, big stigma that you're like not clean and like all your shit's like whack. Cause I would get comments like that too. When I would smoke weed, um, because I'm a very organized, clean person. Therefore yeah. marijuana was only there for my anxiety and creativity. And just the fact I didn't like to be feel sober. <laughs> but besides the fact, another Amen. time. <laughs> all right well, well so so hold on let me t- let me share the story real quick and then we'll no, we'll get into it. our episode 
All right, let me set the scene for you. The year is 2014. Soleil is 18 years old, and she is going on her senior trip to Mexico with eight of her closest girlfriends, four of their closest guy friends, a bunch of, like, the moms that are all my best friends as moms, you know. just The moms went, too. Oh, yeah, we had a group of parents with us, and thank God. Um, So (laughs) we decide, while our flight gets booked, it's our spring break, and our spring break starts on 420. So it's 2014. Weed has just been legalized in Colorado. Uh, you can use it for medical purposes in California at the time. And one of our buddies had his medical card. So he runs over to the dispensary, you know, a little bit in advance. We're all planning and texting. Do we take edibles? Like, do we, How? you know, what are we doing? We're flying out to Mexico on 420. It's our senior trip. It's like, let's do it. So our buddy rolls to the club and that's something that we call the dispensaries in the Bay area, the club. So he rolls to the club and he grabs a bunch of edibles. We're talking like those Kiva chocolates, the, you know, the, the ones that talk you up. All right. So that's a good way to get into this because we had those, we had a bunch of gummies and we hit 420. It's midnight. We're at my friend's house. We're all smoking. And then we go to bed for a couple hours and then it's an international flight. So we have to be at the airport at like five in the morning. So we get to the airport. We've already all smoked. Mind you, none of us except for the buddy that went and got the weed is like super big into smoking. It's like still kind of like not a thing we're into. Like we'll yeah, do you it. Yeah, you weren't like a big smoker then. No, not at all. Not at all. And so I was mainly just doing it because like everyone else was. And I was like, fuck it. Like we're going on vacation. Classic drug issue. Classic, <laughs> classic, classic me. Um, so <laughs> we uh, we get to the airport and my buddy pulls out all of these edibles. And all of a sudden, everyone's dropping like flies. And they're like, oh, no, like we don't want to take them. We don't want to take them. So me and my best friend, she's our Australia listener. Um, her and I were like, all right bet we don't want to fly with these we're just going to eat the whole thing so we ate five doses each um and basically killed an entire chocolate having no idea what we were in for so we're going through security and i remember i was fine you're floating through security not at this point not at this point this was the first security thing so i go through security and every everything's good and then we get on the plane i fall asleep and we wake up in colorado so now it's 420 weeds legal there's a haze over colorado granted it's literally just fog or whatever uh but we're like vibing so we we get off the plane and all of a sudden it's like oh like you know one of those like oh this is happening and something is not quite right so so i'm i'm high as shit and we had to transfer planes we had a layover so i remember going down fuck what is it like virgin airlines that has the blue lights and the smoke or whatever that like goes is you know there's there's yeah exactly like (laughs) honestly i'm on like 500 milligrams of edibles going through this airplane dying because well no i have a rolly suitcase behind me and i remember like if you know me you know i have no uh spatial awareness so I remember going and dragging my suitcase behind me being like, do not fucking hit every chair, Soleil. Just keep the suitcase <laughs> straight. Yes. In your and there's blue lights and smoke. And I'm like, oh, this is the end. So Sydney's like, yo, we got to go to sleep. One of my girlfriends at this point's throwing up. Like the only other girl that ate edibles. We're on this plane. We're trying to hide it from the parents. Like we're all going down. This is fucked. We're flying international. We're going down with the plane. We're high as shit. So all I can think about is that scene from Bridesmaids where she's like, there's a colonial woman on the wing of the plane. 
that's what that's, I'm thinking of right now. That's that's the fucking vibe. So I fall asleep. Thank God. I fall asleep and all of a sudden I wake <laughs> up. I wake up out of a dead slumber and we're like an hour and a half out of uh Cancun. And I run to the back of the airplane because I'm having a miscarriage. Excuse me? I'm having a miscarriage on this airplane on my senior trip to Mexico. You are what? I'm having a miscarriage. I'm losing my baby um, at 18 so years old. What you're talking so about. I run to the back of the plane. That This is where it gets weird. I run to the back I, of the plane. Now it gets weird, yeah. I go... I'm I'm crying. I'm I'm like, oh my god, I'm losing this baby. The flight attendants start to get freaked out because no, really. there's like oh, there's this young girl. She's on a trip. Oh my god, like she's she's losing her baby, and they're like, do you need us to call someone? Like, what do we do? You know, like do, what uh, kind of like one of those things. Wait, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. So I'm like, it's fine. Like, why I, did you think you were pregnant? I'm confused. hold hold on. So I'm like, it's fine. Like, yeah. I didn't even know I was pregnant. Or no, they were like, do you want us to call the father? I'm like, he didn't know. And they were like, do you want us to call your parents? I'm like, they didn't know. I was like, I didn't even know. So they're like, okay, sweetie, like, just go into the restroom. Like, uh, we're gonna pray for Have you. Have your miscarriage in there. Have your miscarriage in there. We're gonna pray for you. So I go into the bathroom, expecting absolute carnage and I'm it was really all in my I'm fucking head i hallucinated no a miscarriage on an airplane to mexico at 18 years old so immediately it's like Girl, everything you, my biggest question right now is are you sure that that was marijuana that you took a chocolate of i don't know i i yeah no it, it for sure was okay well here's the thing like i kind of admitted the fact that we ate a five dose edible and then sydney and i oh i shared her name okay she loves it she loves it uh we shared a gummy after we split another five dose so we were essentially on more than 500 milligrams of weed um but yeah that was a wild start to that trip that was crazy so that sounds I, like the most anxiety provoking situation and coming from I, somebody who can't smoke weed anymore because of anxiety i am so tight butthole listening to that story well i didn't i didn't but eat edibles for years yeah. i yeah, get it i hallucinated I actually, I actually think that edibles are like the most like fucking concentrated form of THC when it comes to them. Like I think everyone has a bad trip on not just like the leafy part of marijuana. I've never had a problem with when it comes to the fucking edible part of things. You think you're having fucking miscarriages on a plane. Also, the scariest part of that is the fact that you were literally confined to an airplane. Like having I'm also a miscarriage probably gonna write a bit 18. about that at some point. Like that needs to be into a bit. I've um, always wanted to share that story widely because I think it's so funny i don't think it's funny that so i hallucinated a miscarriage it's just like you're such a dumbass like you're yeah. an idiot no, that's that's the humor of it i get that I'm an idiot. i also i also did a dumbass thing on edibles before one time too i was with a bunch of my friends that are they're like big like they can handle a lot of weed not that i couldn't but like when i smoke and i was a mega stoner like i like didn't smoke like eh. i did clears bong hits but they could like smoke all day bong fat bong hits all fucking day um so they we got like little bags of nine gummies um mm -hmm. and they took all nine of them and i was like okay they took all nine so i'll take all nine you know but they Bet. took these edibles all the time so then i'm sitting there and everyone's just laughing and the laughter gets starts getting louder and it just gets starts getting louder and then it starts getting louder and then i feel like everyone's screaming and i i'm the person that's the weird person that i'm like hey shh 
shh, can everybody just like quiet down a little bit? And everyone's just like, okay, Grace, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm okay. I just wonder if we could just like quiet down. I'm like starting to sweat. I'm getting really panicky. Now when everybody starts oh, looking God. at me, they have, they have a bobble head, like a, a head that looks like a, uh, like literally, uh, I, what what am I thinking of? Yeah, like everyone's head is a bobble like a cartoon head. thing, like cartoon, almost like a whack-a-mole, yeah. like a cartoon. Everyone's body is really. Are small you then- sure you were on THC? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Or are that's we just idiots? I mean, so like, it gets it, it gets worse. So I start thinking everyone's. Oh yeah. Oh. So then I start, I'm like, everything's fine. Just because everybody's head's a fucking cartoon characters doesn't mean that, you know, everything's wrong. Everyone's voice starts getting really high pitched too. And I'm like, I'm losing it. I'm oh, so you're going, it. it's everything is kind of similar to when I was on the airplane that like, yes. where oh, it gets. Exactly. Exactly. So then oh, I walk myself fuck. outside. It's the dead of winter. I'm sitting in the snow on my knees. Literally, it brought me to tears because I was like, I'm so fucked up. I'm sitting in the snow. My friend comes out and she's like, Grace, do you need anything? And I was like, don't look at me. because I couldn't. It burns. I was like, don't look at me, Rachel. Don't. And I luckily she lived across the street, so I walked across the street to my house, to, and I wanted to put myself to sleep. Then I'm like, ah, oh, falling asleep, falling asleep. My dream, dude. Everybody was still a fucking cartoon character head in my dream, but it got worse when they turned their heads around. It was a demonic cartoon character with a demonic face, like that yeah. kind of shit. Yep. So I cried myself to sleep that night. That was my worst edible experience. So, I mean, the basis of this, if, if you guys can take anything away, is one, uh, don't be an idiot with edibles, and two, smoke flour, or do whatever yeah, works for you. If you're going to take an edible, like, just chill out. Like, do it. I'm sure you, you, when you're a fucking adult, you know what you're doing. But I'm just saying, like, I I forced it. You forced it, too. Like, we clearly forced it. Like, it's that, I mean, it's <laughs> funny, because, like, <laughs> last week, well, never have I ever, you know had my stomach pumped but yes have i ever been so fucked up off edibles that i hallucinated a miscarriage so it's clearly like she's not well i would rather i think have had a um my stomach pumped and think i'm i'm and also the fright you instilled into those women that are flight attendants that this young 18 year old is panicking having a miscarriage in the air you inflicted so much fear I on hope they're well. I hope they're well. I, I honestly bet you that they have shared this story on a podcast that a young 18-year-old has come up to them. All right. You know how, like... You're scared, but your eyes are, like, beat red, and they're like, no, this bitch is high as shit. So tell her to sit the fuck back now. I mean, it was a rough start to the trip. It was so rough that we ended up going straight to the beach, and I didn't put sunscreen on because I was still so high that I got <laughs> such a bad sunburn that it was like third degree sunburn on my first day in Mexico. So, you know, if, if you mess with fire, you're going to get burned. Uh, and I messed with some fire edibles. So with that being said, like it's 420. We're feeling good. And who are we talking about today? Now. Honestly, like, I don't know who else could blaze this trail literally better. Like, no, blaze fully intended. Blaze fully intended. Other this, than this dynamic duo. This is the definition of two pretty best friends. Like, yeah. let me just. Yeah. yeah. You can't have two pretty best friends. Psych. Psych. Here We're talking, are. baby. Cheech and Chong, baby. What? What? Yeah. So they, like, their wild trip to, like, you know, discover who they are, you know what I mean? But like Cheech and Chong, they um, found each other through a little process of 
trial and error. Like, you know, a lot of our trailblazers not figuring it out the first time, not really being able to get themselves on their feet the first time, but they stay persistent, baby. That's what it's all about. Um, yeah, so Cheech, aka Richard Anthony Marin, uh, making up one half of the infamous Cheech and Chong duo. Yeah. Cheech was born on July 13th, 1946. He was born in South LA to Mexican-American parents, with Tommy Chong being born on May 24th, 1938. Uh, he was born in Edmonton, Alberta, so that's in Canada. His mom was Scottish-Irish-Canadian. His dad was Chinese-Canadian. Uh, Cheech's parents were... Uh, his mother was a secretary. Her name was Elsa. His father, a police officer... Cheech was actually born with a cleft lip and he is Chicano. However, he speaks Spanish, but isn't fluent. So that's just a little bit about him. But his nickname, Cheech, that was actually before he was with Chong. Yes. How did he get that nickname? Because his family kind of roasting him, like no pun intended, thought (laughs) thought that when he was like a little kid, he looked like a little chicharrones, which is like a little dried pork skin. (laughs) It is. Uh, it was like his uncle or something yeah like his uncle came over and was like when he was a baby and was like this thing looks like a chicharron (laughs) (laughs) so that's how he he became cheech uh kind of a tough one that stuck but cheech sounds a lot cooler than like being called a like chicharrones which is like a straight up crusty pork skin but besides the fact they're delicious though um they're so fucking good uh like the worst thing for you though so uh tommy chong grew up in a conservative neighborhood it was called dog patch his dad was um a wool sorry his dad was a world war ii veteran who was actually wounded and that's what prompted them to live in this kind of conservative area in canada um his dad was supporting the family on 50 dollars a week and tommy actually yeah yeah tommy actually dropped out of high school when he was 16 um and he's quoted as saying they were probably going to throw him out anyways he started playing guitar to make money um and he discovered that music could get you laid even if you were a scrawny long-haired geeky looking guy like me um really talented though um he was really really talented from what my the research i was doing he was like really above average at his musical abilities because he also spent so much time alone because of the racism in his town so he was as we're saying an asian um an asian man that there was a, a part in time where he remembers looking out his window and seeing all of his friends gathered together in a friend's backyard at a bonfire and then he went over to his friends the next day and asked like why he wasn't invited and they were like oh his dad like didn't want you to come over and have like mixed babies with the girls and like make that be a contemplation to have like mixed kids and nobody wanted to like have mixed kids at the time um especially the asians as we were talking this was just after uh world war ii yeah i Um, didn't read that that's flooring me oh yeah i I was watching a documentary about it and he was like dude i just got it was so racist because the town that he lived in because he was um asian and everybody in his town was just canadian and fucking white and conservative and never mind that his father had literally served for the country yes but his dad also was kind of one of those post-military people that's very conservative now if that you know what i mean like yeah the way things are and you got to work for every dollar even if it's 50 dollars, and even if my kids you know feel getting the heat of racial tension he'll figure it out and it's like all right like dude like that type of vibe but luckily he had music and he could express himself in that sense which is really dope you know um and then he ended up when you were saying he was 16 um when he dropped out of school and he found himself in a really amazing band like he really ended up that's um, so sick 
he did. And he actually did. I want to say by the time he was um, 19 or so, he had one of the, a song that was a top 17 on the billboards. Um, oh, and he shit. wrote a song about it. Yeah. He wrote a song about an interracial couple. Um, and I'm going to find the name of the band that he was in. Um, yeah, it was about an interracial couple. Um, and he, the band was called Bobby Taylor and the Van, the Vancouver's because he was in Vancouver. Um, and yeah, number 17 on the billboards, he made that song about kind of an interracial couple, but he's also a wild one. So they kicked him out of the band. Um, and that's what led him to find, um, Cheech. So let's get into that because how did they end up meeting? They ended up meeting. So Cheech went to Bishop Alamany High School, Bishop Alamany High, um, and then studied English at the San San Fernando Valley State College, which is what we would now know as Northridge. Um, He graduated and then he ends up moving to Vancouver. So he graduates in 68 and then he moves to Vancouver to evade the Vietnam draft. And that's actually where he ends up meeting Tommy in Calgary. Yes. Um, Really actually to interject, super funny of how he got himself to Canada though. Like it's a classic Cheech move. Like share, please share. It's so funny, dude. So he, He's like straight A's, like really straight edge type of kid because he's like comes from a Mexican and family that's just like work hard, work hard, work hard. Dad, a police job. officer, mom's a secretary. Yes. Right. Very straight edge. Like don't even touch that shit. Um, so then he gets into college and it's kind of getting to that period of time where it's the 60s. So marijuana is flowing. So he smokes weed for the first time and he like really starts seeing life differently and he starts taking pottery classes. Lots I love of pottery. This. I already right, uh... right. So he's blazed up just taking pottery classes and he starts going to a lot of anti um anti draft uh, anti draft fucking rallies and he's going all the time he's not trying to get drafted and he goes with his pottery teacher all the time so they start arresting and taking names for all of these people that are you know going and he's leading a lot of these rallies so they have his name so he flees himself to canada with his pottery teacher and lives in a cabin in in canada and leaves the u.s because he's like fuck the u.s fuck what's going on there because the vietnam draft was about to start happening the vietnam war was the most fucking bullshit thing ever and he was pissed so he left um and he leaves with his pottery teacher high as fucking hell (laughs) god damn so he's a trailblazer blazed a trail to canada blazed the trail to canada so how they met was um they both kind of got fucking fired from a bunch of these jobs and there was a um chong having a background in music he was gonna be reporting and being a journalist for a magazine company that is um a he got a journalist position at a magazine company and there was this other funny and he was funny and people were like he's funny i want and then this other guy that worked at the company which was cheech they were like you two should meet with each other and be writing partners i think that you guys would be beneficial to one another um, you guys would be fun right? for a music. So a music, this was for a music, ba- um, music, um, magazine. Also keep in mind, Cheech was, he liked music as well. He was a, he was musically inclined as well that they wanted to start a band together. Okay. So okay. then they start, they start a band together and they're going to do a band. But before they started doing their, um, show of music before they, they would do open it with stand up to get you into their music. Okay. Okay. But their stand-up that they would do with each other would always be improvised and really fucking funny. Kind of like us. Yes. But also keep in mind, Cheech Cheech really ended up having a really big background in improv because he moved to to Chicago 
Um, he was in Chicago because his parents opened a topless bar, the first topless bar ever in Chicago. Um, yes. And this was like, wow. Right before. Yeah. So he got into second city, which is second city is a big, a improvised school. Um, so he was like, fuck yeah. So he had a big improvised background and Cheech is, um, Cheech is just fucking hilarious and they improvised really fucking well with each other and they kind of ended up people watching them kind of had their music be kind of pushed into the back background because their stand-up and their banter before their music set was better um like fucking hilarious and that's where yeah and they were still not Cheech and Chong yet at this point they were just performing together um they they didn't they didn't put on that persona just yet um okay yeah, so, so they started then, going to LA. They moved so, to LA. Well, so at this point, it's the late 1960s. They've met. Yes. They've started performing stand-up shows. They have dropped a couple successful comedy record albums, but like you said, they are moving more into stand-up, and now they're doing low-budget movies in LA. Right, so before they even got to the low-budget shit, they were, they were, before they became Cheech and Chong, they were they went by their fucking names and they did funny banter they did stand up together they had a problem being like i don't think it's catching but they started doing this like yo man what's up dude they started doing this like kind of like funny banter with one another where they would call each other cheech and chong and it would be a part of their set they started just taking on that fully as their persona as cheech and chong and that's what took off and that's where they started fucking selling out all of their shows when they were doing it wow. as Cheech and Chong, playing characters of Cheech and Chong. And they ran into, um, I want to say, what is his name? Lou Adler, who was a huge producer at the time. And he found them and was like, you guys fucking slap the fuck off. I And he gave them $2,000 in a tape recorder to start just fucking have at it. And then that's when they started selling out and making all this money on comedy um, albums, comedy records from this guy, Lou Adler, that picked them up. That is absolutely fascinating. I know. Pretty fascinating, right? That's and, like a fucking ride. They are writers. Like, that is, oh, yeah. my God. Like, that fucking, yeah. I'm listening to this story, like, mouth <laughs> open. Granted, okay, here's the thing. We are going to make a small disclaimer. Um, it is 417 right now. Um, normally, yeah. I haven't been getting stoned before the episodes, but Grace and I did feel as if today was the one so I am a little stoned right now and I may be more stoned throughout the episode. So what you guys are just going to bear with us. We're having a good time. We hope you're having a beautiful day. If you're not, yeah. take a second, take a couple deep breaths, get in your body and fucking enjoy the ride because happy, yeah. happy smack day. Smack out of it if you're not having a good day. Yeah. It's 420. I love 420 and I don't even smoke weed anymore. It's a great day. I'm in a, oh, I forgot. I'm wearing a Snoop Dogg shirt today for the episode. I love that. My dad. Yeah, my dad got it for me for Christmas when I smoked a blunt for Snoop Dogg. It was the year I told him that. My dad was more proud of me for smoking a blunt with Snoop Dogg than anything I've ever achieved in my life. So <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm proud of you for smoking a blunt with Snoop, too. I mean, uh, it kind of fell into play. But besides the fact, like, um, yeah, we vibed. But yeah, at the same point in time, Cheech and Chong, like, they became, like, huge they came became huge on kind of like an improvising stand-up type of tour that they were doing um but it was all mostly improvised um they improvised most and they're just crazy fuckers like they're just crazy fuckers but also keep in mind they're both pretty headstrong and they butt heads a lot um they but the cool thing about them of why they're such good trailblazers is they put the differences aside when they're like performing but they're both really headstrong does that Um, does that sound like anyone you know 
Who, myself? Oh, well, just the two of us. I feel like we both are pretty headstrong. Oh, yeah, we're both pretty headstrong. But that's because we get shit done. And I think that a lot of creatives, you look at them, especially people in comedy, you look at people that are in comedy and you're like, oh, they're so funny. But they're usually the most headstrong because to get something comedically well-delivered, it takes a fucking lot of headspace. And, like, you kind of be got to be a little bit nuts. And they both were. But apparently Cheech was, like, on some next level shit of like his you know he even openly admits that he kind of fucked over chong a bit because he was so driven and headstrong um oh wow and it kind of stopped becoming a banter between both of them and he was like trying to write it all but that kind of comes into the play of when they got their movie deal as you were just kind of saying um that yes. they up in smoke was i was gonna say yeah so their first early success would have been what's now known by everyone is up in smoke that yeah, cult classic and um, that actually came out in 1978 and even yeah. though it was like low budget you know you can even tell in just re-watching it the quality of the movie <laughs> yeah. they weren't really trying here it was more like let's see what you guys can do and they did so well that it actually grossed over 44 million wait um, another fun fact about the film so the film itself was picked up by Paramount, right? And that's who was supposed to be producing it because Lou Adler was a rep. Um, it's that knew everybody. Keep pa- going. Okay, keep going. Um, but at the time, they Paramount dropped dropped the film. Paramount dropped dropped it. They didn't want to put it out, dude. They dropped the they dropped the film. Um, oh, did they, they really? They dropped the film, and then Lou Adler, their fucking homeboy, bought Once the film again. Back. Lou Adler buys the film from Paramount and says, fuck that. This film's going to be fucking amazing. And he puts it out and backs it again himself with his own money and then releases it in Paramount, says, okay, we'll take it again after Lou Adler did it. She ripped her bong hit at 420. Happy 420. Which now we're getting on a better note. (coughs) We're on a higher note. We're on a higher note that Paramount ended up releasing it after Lou Adler had to buy it back because they were like, this film is too racy. They didn't like it. They didn't like that it was two ethnic men smoking a bunch of fucking pot, dude, and and talking down to cops and authority. The whole movie is them just basically telling cops to fuck themselves and ripping and just the whole movie is them just trying to to get high to get to where they're trying to go. But they'll get high on anything. Like that's that that's essentially the fucking plot. Like isn't literally, that kind of just wow. As I rip the bong and I stare off, like isn't that just kind of the point of life, though? Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, Cheech. Um, but yeah, like that is essentially the, I would be the little Chicharron. You are, uh, I, I think in the banter between Cheech and Chong, Chong is the more deadbeat one. He actually is in, um, that 70s show. He plays the the record, the record store and he's like, what up, man? Like that is how, like, that's his persona. He plays it. Cheech is more high energy and Chong's like, dude, chill, bro. You're just like crazy, dude. And it's like, who's who? I don't know. I don't really think either of us act like Chong, truthfully, because he's such a mellow high. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm productive as fuck. I'm like, let me clean Chong the kitchen. Like let that. me fold my laundry. I work out. I smoke the bong and I fucking went and had a killer workout today. Killer. I love that. I used to love, I used to love smoking weed and going for a run. There's nothing better. Like you just, everything is just prettier like everything is easier everything is like just more possible you get out of your head for a second you just you appreciate everything around you it's not i'm i'm high right now 
Wow. Oh my God. I love that. My brother actually came to visit me my senior year of junior year of college on 420 just to smoke weed at my college with me. And um, have you ever heard of what a gravity bong is like a grav hit? Really? Why, wow. why don't you explain it? Yeah, this is a perfect time to explain what this is in 420. This is ratchet smoking. But so when you don't have a lot of weed, you only need like a crumb of weed and you'll get higher than you'll ever be in your entire life. So you either take a water bottle or you'll take like a Svedka bottle, like a glass handle bottle, and you break the bottom off. Okay, you break the bottle of the, the this off and then you put a rush on the top of the bottle. What do you want to rush? Um, like uh, what you put weed in. Like a down stem? A down stem. Okay. But not the whole down stem, just the rush. It's the bull. The, the, the bull head. Or, yeah, okay. I call it a rush, but yeah, the bull head. So you'll take the bull head and you'll put that in the, the liquor bottle or the water bottle, right? Okay. So then you fill a bucket with water and you put the bottle that has, again, the bottom broken out and you put that into the water and then you put the, the bull head on top. You fill that with weed and then you light it and then you let the whole bottle fill up with smoke. So the whole thing fills up with smoke and then you take the top of it off and you put your head onto it. So this whole thing is all smoke and it's heavier, more compacted than a regular bong hit than you take and you clear it. And then as you clear it, you move it up from the water, like into the water. And then you inhale a very violent hit of THC to the head. And it, it also takes you off guard because it's so aggressive. The, like they're very unhealthy. Like they're not recommended because it's so much smoke that you take to the face and you are literally in a different dimension. So my little brother comes to visit me and I'm like, we're doing a fucking grab hit, baby. It's oh, So I make the kid take a grab hit for the first time. And my brother smokes a lot of weed. You're actually almost tied with him, like of weed smoking. Um, you smoke more than him though. He smokes. I don't, it's, it's like, it's something, it's just, it's, I, I don't know. Great. I'm so he smoked high. one and he and I I actually leave to go to the bars and my brother I left my brother high as fuck on a on a fucking edible uh, not an edible on a, a a grab bong hit um and he told me that he had to drive to move his car because somebody was like oh who's parked here and my brother had to move oh, his car no he said that he was like stopping and going because he couldn't feel the pressure of his foot touching the gas or the brake he was like my feet were clouds he was like my feet became clouds grace and i didn't have feet um and he was like i couldn't drive my car and somebody was telling me to move and i was just sitting in my car like just i don't like, have <laughs> imagine on 420 though picturing a kid that's like 16 years old in his car just being like yo bro like don't have feet can't move my car sorry i mean or imagine that you're 18 on a flight on a flight being like no no having a miscarriage i'm like actually gonna remember that story forever i hope we everyone some does. Crazy shit. but cheech and chong yeah back to them they took marijuana and actually gave it this positive spin um some people really hated them you know i was doing some research and people were trying to get the movie banned and like just trying to get them so banned like all these karens were just like in chads were just like fuck like coming at them oh, but they God. were the first people that Attack were my morals i know right but i don't have any tolerance for that bullshit literally if, if so you're bad. living your life and being a good person why do you care how someone else is living their life if they are equally being a good person genuinely in any aspect of anything think about well, that for a second because they're they're suffering so they're so beaten inside that they are hurting so bad that they must inflict their hurt onto others gross, um, because, <laughs> gross behavior but gross behavior yeah cheech and chong were the first like people of different of mexican and asian 
descent to normalize like weed smoking in a comedic mm. way like of a minority descent smoking weed openly and making proudly, it proudly. And not making the it other, taboo they're not the ones smoking weed and getting arrested in the film they're the ones so i found this quote that was really funny um they made minorities real people for the first time in a comedic sense and they made stoners the good guys and cops the bad guys and that's like kind of like their whole repertoire of their films and such the cops they make them just like the biggest biggest pieces of shit biggest biggest pieces of shit freudian but- <laughs> slip <laughs> freudian slip right there um but yeah like and they just like own it and rep it and they're mad funny they're just so funny and their their comedic banter is more than you know Everybody at the time, like I told my dad, like on the phone earlier that we were doing Cheech and Chung and he was just going over his favorite, you know, scenes from them. They were definitely just like the trailblazers of the time. But after that movie, they kind of did a lot of other films that just didn't take off as well um, and didn't do as well. But they always kind of did really well on tour together, like in stand up sense, which kind of was like they did a lot of films after that was kind of like Jaws 1 and 2 was cool. But why was there eight more? Do you know what uh, I mean? Scary movie, uh, Final oh, Destination, Transformers, uh, yes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. yeah. Come you, on, you guys. Let's, let's yeah. get some new movies, first of all. But they were kind of trying to do new ones and they just like weren't working. They kind of were getting like straight up almost kind of canceled because they were just like doing the same shit over and over again. And people were like, uh, this is your bit. Yeah. And like, but they did better like on tour um, with, you know, taking taking their shit on tour. But it's just really cool because I was also doing a lot of research and. Um, a lot of people were just like, yo, like straight up, if it wasn't for Cheech and Chong, like I wouldn't have been able to like a lot of these minorities and people that were writing scripts comedically for Asian, like Indian, Arab, like all of these other people that are writing comedy for like different descents. They're like, no, like, honestly, I, I don't think that we would have been able to produce the things that we did or been able to do the comedies that we did without Cheech and Chong blazing that trail for us. You know what I mean? They they gave a voice to minorities, especially in a violently comedic way where you could fucking say, do whatever you want. Like. They were ridiculous if you watched their shit, dude. Really fucking ridiculous. Like, they, you know, like, I was even watching one of their bits today that's, like, they were going into an unemployment office, and Cheech is just, like, eating eating the unemployment girls, e- eating her out, while Chong is just sitting there, like, baked with all of these people that don't have jobs that are, like, fucking mental. And it's just, like, they just did whatever they, like, wanted. They said whatever Almost they like wanted. Almost like a TikTok kind of type of vibe of like this is our comedy this is our brand this is shit we think is funny so we're gonna keep doing our thing like that's their identity um and that that's what they shaped their identity around but yeah, i think i what i really wanted to like bring up was also um just honesty and delivery because when you were talking about minorities and being representations um it's kind of that thing of they do write stand-up but like we've talked about before any good comedian what they're saying is based on their own personal experiences so yeah like all of that and uh internalized racism internalized misogyny uh taboo-ness about weed all of that kind of stuff is built on personal experiences right. and like we didn't even necessarily get into the counterculture of the 70s, but there's a lot of information on that as to why this was their mindset and why they did adapt this behavior as to who they are. Really um, good point, Soleil, that like actually prefaces like really why they took on this persona so well. And like through humor is what you're saying in like a really good way that like they could make a point that other people couldn't hear unless you kind of made it comedic at the time. Yeah. Yeah, this was in the heat of the counterculture movement, which is the 70s, right after the 60s. 
the counterculture movement started happening, which straight up what it's called countering the culture. The culture before this period of time was very straight edge. You know, those flannel shirts tucked into your khaki pants with a fucking belt, go to church on Sunday, get married, have a kid, go to school and do not touch drugs. Do not try to dress differently. Don't try to use slang and do not fucking swear in my house. That is kind of the vibe until the counterculture movement happened. We know a lot of counterculture artists. That's like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, The Who, Led Zeppelins, The Rolling Stones. They were kind of trailblazers in this movement as well, especially people like Cheech and Chong, SNL at the time. People starting to say what the fuck they want speaking out against the Vietnam War. Um, The Vietnam War was one of the most repulsive wars. Um, It was so unnecessary and it was all about money, hungry, greed, capitalism in America. And it was like, fuck that. And it was people that were just started adapting hippie culture, hippie lifestyle. And that's changing, letting their hair grow out, men and women, Um, girls, girls not shaving. You know what I mean? Like wearing, wearing whatever they want. And that's also wearing a lack of what they wanted. This is kind of when dressing very sexually which we think it was like a prostitute culture that's more hippie culture is what where the, our risque clothing came from is from interesting yeah hippie culture because it was just the literally low slung the barely yeah. there the breezy the comfortable yeah. the, the I don't love, even have a love shirt your on. body that free love of here i am here you yeah. are yeah which very which it's coming back i'm right into now. it i'm into it too free the nip forever but like they were just like uh sorry i didn't even know i didn't have a shirt on technically type of vibe because there were so many drugs involved at this time yeah i was gonna say you do enough of something and you'll forget everything so right yes so cheech and chong they also kind of hyped up that yo man i forgot to put my shoes on at my job interview dude and like that wait okay stupid side note never in my life until i started like regularly smoking weed have i ever gotten out of the shower without forgetting to shave one of my legs it has now become a very frequent occurrence like that's just and it was i swear to god it's the marijuana like that is my one my one flaw I have one of them and it's just like not shaving my both of my yeah, legs. Like I just literally forget to shave a leg. What is up with that? And it's not until like, okay, I have a history. What about an armpit? Uh no, armpits are good because I started what the about armpits. Half your beard? Uh no, that one's beard? fine too. Laser that bad okay. boy. Okay, cool. So now that you guys know my grooming regime, um the grooming, there was a lack of grooming during the counterculture because they were so fed up with the fucking America that they were genuinely just like, don't, I'm not even shaving my armpits. I'm not shaving my legs. I'm not shaving my pussy. Fuck the patriarchy. I'm going to let it grow. Dude, my dad. <laughs> so funny. That's weird. My dad is, Why did this just go to your dad? I went, from, I went from talking about bushes to my dad, but also they tie together because my dad is just like the most open man in the world. But it was kind of getting into high school when it was like- I'm nervous. Everyone, I'm, I'm nervous. nervous. You should be. But it was just like, my dad was just like, why do all these girls now just like feel like they need to shave down there? He's like, guys like want to hook up with you no matter what. Like, that's such a waste of time. Makeup is a waste of time. My mom told me that too. She's like, why are you shaving? Like for what? Why are you shaving? Because like our mom's generation was just like, yo, I have a bush and I'm still getting eaten out. Like, what's the big deal? (laughs) Real, real men. No, I'm dead ass serious. Real men would not give a fuck about that. Like, they really don't. First off, second off, second off. Second off, if you want to shave that, go for it. But also, yeah, no, here's knows, the thing: guy, choice. Don't, yeah, like just a don't. It's, it's. I think the underlying thing for everything for us is like it's your choice ultimately. Whatever you feel comfortable, and if you're, you're so not hurting, nice. you're not helping anyone. It's your choice. If you keep yourself you clean, your pussy, don't listen to 
<laughs> yeah, fuck you, pussy shavers. No, I'm just kidding. I shaved my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> we're like telling happy 420 i did a full <laughs> body shave just for 420 i was like i gotta really? dress up for my day yeah i actually was gonna shave today but then i was like i'm actually too physically exhausted to you don't even, even you have mascara on you didn't even do a I red lip and lips i did kind of it's coming off now though oh i did put a red lip on though because here's a fun fact about me when i put red lipstick on it makes me feel like i can do anything in my day that's how I feel when yeah. I hit the bong. No, no, there you go. I I feel like basically no, I'm just kidding. That's bong, that's mascara red for me. Mascara would be like if I could only you know if you're on a desert island, what do you need? Like mascara is my confidence booster. Give me a tube of would mascara. It, would it be like water? No. <laughs> no, I'd I'd figure out a filtration system based on the roots and the landscape. And if it was a barren <laughs> landscape, I'd build something to take the salt out of the water and use like a solar technique. Believe me, I went through I a was period. Not expecting that answer, so you just looked so serious and just delivered. No, I would take the fucking mascara and I'd build a filtration system. And I look damn good while doing it. I'd probably be tan as fuck too. Like speaking of the hippies, <laughs> like this shirt would be like hanging off my body, and I'd be like just like yeah i'm on the silence and i'm fine i hope it's waterproof mascara actually yeah if i ever get sent to an island just give me a tube of waterproof mascara and i'll be fine i'll figure it out all i need is but what happens when it runs out well they'll find me by then because i would have already built the smoke flare out of my clothes (laughs) out of my cooch (laughs) my clothes out of my bush i would have (laughs) i would have used my bush hair (laughs) to fucking braid something (laughs) out of a help sign and in like kelp like forget it like i'll just use my pubes i use my pube hairs to write out help in the sand shaved <laughs> it into my body put rocks on your body and like so that all that tans in is like help and then you just lay there so they'll just always find you just like eh. oh they <laughs> should find you perfectly fine with that look naked just help. and all they say is as your dead bodies there at the desert they're like man her her mascara looks so Oh, good. When they she find had beautiful body. eyes. I wonder why the oh. pigeons took them. She had beautiful eyes. Skirt, <laughs> skirt. Now we're resumed. Okay. Whoa. Good catch. Thank you. Wow. Talk about high functioning. High functioning. Remember, we just took a bathroom break and she remembered to hit the resume button. Now that's Which, high functioning. That hasn't always happened before. Yeah, we know. We've had to record a whole other episode before. Shout out Mac Miller. It's been enough time. It's been enough time that we can share this, I Do think. Can we talk about it? I th- oh, we haven't been able to share this yet. Um, We're over oh God, the you shame. Have a, you have like a little flower clip in your hair. I do. That's wicked cute. Is that a little flower pin? It bobby is thing? like a little sparkle. Oh, wait. oh my God. You A little sparkle. Yeah, I, girl. I have a date later. Oh my god! I have a little four twenty. both started talking to a new guy at the same exact time. Not the same guy, although both of their names. This is all we're gonna say. Both of their names start with the same letter, which is funny. Yeah. Oh, really, bitch? Oh my god! Yeah, bitch. God. Grace. Grace is like she's on full defense mode after. I'm on defense mode. I have my. I got a fence up around anybody I'm gonna talk to. I'm scared actually you're a red flag until you prove me otherwise dude and soleil has removed every flag that could ever be up about this man and and that's fine 
like honestly I was up until four in the morning the other day writing and uh, she was like should I be concerned that you were up until four in the morning the other day like posting and I was like no I was just like in a train of thought of writing she goes are you in love and I was like no dude what the fuck like i'm just writing i'm actually so anti-love that i can't shut my brain off to fall fucking asleep at night and she's just like all like happy and smiley and all like cutesy and i'm just like literally ready to like not i just keep i i just for some context i'm literally just angry pull it playing with the hair staring down because i'm disgusted with my own behavior lately um, it's very not me, but also actually me. Like when kind I am, me, when I'm happy and I'm vibing with someone, like this guy so seems cool. Yeah, so this guy's cool. We'll see where it goes. Taking it uh slow and steady, and oh, um, slow and steady, right? Yeah, yeah. Taking it, lovey, taking it, lovey dovey, one step at a time, which I do respect. I think you, I think we could take note from both of our behavior. I think there's a happy medium between both of us, if that makes sense. Like, I think we're both extremes of, like, one form that it's, like, maybe, you know, more, f- like, th- stop thinking everybody is such a flag and then maybe stop thinking everybody's so amazing and, like, finding a here's, happy medium. Here's the thing, though. Oh, God, this is going to sound so lame. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not even so saying well. it. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Don't. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Happy medium. Find it. Yeah, happy right. medium. So, like, keep Grace saying is, it. Maybe Grace, write it down. Happy medium. You were about to say that he's different. He's so amazing. I was he's not going to say that. I was not going to say that. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. You're like, not All right. So back to Cheech and Chong. Oh, my God. I saw but it in your face. This is just guys. a full-blown. This guy, no, Grace. It's been a week. It's been a week. She's like, I actually have a mood board of our wedding. <laughs> No, I do not. Guys, just really, he is really cool. That's it. That is. That's it. He's cool. He's cool. Dude, the guy I'm talking to is cool too. I'm just still like, he's still a fucking red flag until he proves me that he's not, you know? Yeah. And I'm not a pessimist. I'm so optimistic. Oh my God. I also just don't even know what I want out of him. So it's hard to just be like putting that vibe on I don't either. It's been a week. Yeah. It's just I'm enjoying hanging out with someone I'm stoked to be. That's what it is. I'm excited to have someone I'm excited to hang out with regardless of what happens that's a whole other story that's what this is i'm just excited to like get to go out on dates and like feel pretty okay because the person (laughs) gives you like butterflies that's what you're trying to say yeah it's just like it's yeah it's like i like hanging out with this person cool whatever happens next whatever happens next i mean yeah it's 420 anything could happen yeah you might have anal tonight that's ex- that's exactly what's on the menu. That's why I'm uh, prepping the bong. So for your for, for your butthole. <laughs> yep. About it. Oh, but yeah, speaking of, speaking of buttholes. Speaking of <laughs> no, but we were actually talking about we were just talking kind of about the counterculture movement and just like being free and like being able to fucking say and do you know start that trend in America of where you know where we're at right now. Me and Soleil. Was- would not be able to have this podcast dressed the way that we are talking the way that we do i've shaved my armpits infrequently like honestly um i shave my i'm a a frequent i'm a frequent pit shaver i'm not i'm not Mm -mm. 
I okay well here's the thing I laser I was a swimmer I was a swimmer and I did cheer in Uh, high school so those were always my sports so I was in a swimsuit or I was in like shorts and tank tops and stuff a lot so like for me that's just like my grooming kind of thing is like I every day would shave like my armpits and everything just to be like I'm I'm ready I don't want to like it's not my vibe I definitely would be in a uniform all the time with just hairy armpits. I was in a uniform for my majority of my life at all times. And I just had it. I just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's not my vibe. I'm like, I clean armpits. If I, for me. If I have to, if I have to go out and I know people are going to see me, ar- my armpits, I do. But like, if there's days where I'm like, nobody's going to see my armpits, I don't care. But that's the thing. If I'm talking to somebody, I obviously ramp up the, the shit. Like if I'm talking to somebody, but I've okay. also been in my like den for the past couple of months, not this- wanting to talk. this may be tmi but like the medication that i'm on the anti-anxiety medication it makes me sweat a lot and so like when you're constantly sweating i feel like you get a lot of body odor and so that's another reason that's like i shave my armpits because i don't like smelling i'm like a very clean person so it's like if you get like that hair sometimes you get a funkier armpit and like i get that that's that's more yeah i'm a cold ass person so i'm never really like i got that i'm on my Raynard's disease shit so i'm always fucking cold oh yeah you do have that speaking of diseases actually let's let's jump back into cheech and chong because one of them is beat uh well chong actually he got prostate cancer and used cannabis what then then he got rectal cancer i'm sorry did you call anal cancer is that what you called (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, both times he um, used cannabis as a form of treatment. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if he only used cannabis. No, he used a combination of both. But he did his second round of cancer when he got rectal cancer. He upped his dosages from the first from his first treatment. But he is very much for um, actually the research that I was saying he used. He used a doctor, but he used very holistic methods about his cancer. Um, he changed his diet. Uh, he changed like his routine and then used heavy increments of cannabis. Um, he, he did work with a doctor, but he was saying that that was like one third of his treatment. It was all holistic. Um, wow. Which is incredible. Which, which is also what people should be trying to look into more. Um, I think we're getting better because we're moving away from the stigma of marijuana a bit, but like, the treatment of THC and CBD for cancer is if you have time, I would really watch some, do some research about it because it could save your own life and somebody's that, you know, Um, I'm going to be honest. I've, because I've lost a lot of people from cancer in my family. So I'm very interested and people that I know, I'm very interested in looking into it and the science behind it. And it's, really fascinating the studies that you can research and and we're talking about somebody right now there's today benefits it's through. it's a natural it's a natural occurring medicine and there oh, are so many weird. health benefits to it and so chong was actually able to uh use that and help him another part about chong's life that i'm not sure if a lot of people know about besides cancer is that in 2003 he actually was involved in two investigations um one was called operation pipe dreams and the other one was called operation headhunter and essentially what these operations were was they were trying to trace drug trafficking in users through businesses those businesses would then like those businesses would be known for selling paraphernalia like bongs um hence pipe dreams bong is a water pipe um and it was run out of pittsburgh 
the operation's pipe bomb. So the U.S. attorney uh, for Western Pennsylvania, actually Mary Beth Buchanan, was the overseer on that case. It was like a $12 million case. I'm getting, I'm reading this right now off of Wikipedia, this case specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing that's interesting about it was that Chong was actually involved because he had his own business, Chong Glass slash Nice Dreams, and that was a company that he started alongside his son, Paris. So he, because he had a part in financing and promoting that company with his name and stuff on it, and then distributing what um, up to admitted to distributing 7,500 bongs and water pipes on the internet, through this family company. So they're, they're coming after him and he ends up agreeing to plead guilty. Um, he pleaded guilty on one count of conspiracy to distribute drug paraphernalia in exchange for non-prosecution of his wife, Shelby and his son, Paris. He did cooperate with the government. The thing is, is, um, so he was the first one to plead guilty. He also worked heavily uh, with the cases or like with with everyone um, to wrap up the case. And so it was really shocking that when he was arguing for community service and home detention in terms of his sentencing, that the judge was like, nope, and actually sentenced him to nine months in federal prison with a fine of twenty thousand dollars forfeiture forfeiture of one hundred and three thousand five hundred and fourteen dollars and the loss of all the merchandise seized during the raid of their businesses um so he ends up going to jail and people are like this is ridiculous like you're using his public image to promote his crime and you're treating him unfairly so kind of the opposite of the college cases with like the college admission scandals instead of their fame getting them a reduced prison sentence their fame and stuff they were made a mockery of and that's how they were shown. But what I did want to point out was that while serving his sentence on October 8th of 2003 to July 7th of 2004, he was bunkmates or sellies with the one and only Wolf of Wall Street himself, Jordan Belford. And he actually is given credit for telling Belford to write his memoirs. So they're like really good friends. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. What a, they're both two such different people too like i'm not gonna lie chong is so smoked out at this point that he's he still kind of talks like yeah man yeah what's so he's up? on tiktok him and his wife are on tiktok and i fucking yeah, love them I need, to, I need to find them yeah no he's cool as fuck he's a cool ass dude and he's also like really pro like very healthy things besides going to jail um besides that um he's like really does speak in about cannabis and like especially for the cancer side of things in a really positive way and i'm glad that there's an influencer pushing for more of those things opposed to pushing only for like talking to a doctor um i do think you need to talk to your doctor but i i do not think that that you know this is the only type of medicine that we have it's way there's just more there's billions of dollars a year that goes into cancer um people that get cancer so they don't want to lose that funding so just keep that in mind i took a health communications course in college while i was at sf state and it kind of um it's something i think about often just because i do have a lot of health problems um or I used to, I should say, I had really bad eczema uh, for years to the point where I wouldn't wear shorts or dresses. I was really insecure about it because I'd have such big discoloration on my legs. And then I 
anxiety, just all of those other things. But anyways, in health communications, what we were learning was about Western and Eastern medicine and how on Western medicine, essentially the focus is to treat the problem. Whereas Eastern medicine is to treat the body as a whole, treat the whole body, cure the whole body, the rest will follow. So I think like what's really important to realize and while we are preaching, not pre, well, no, I'm preaching, I'm preaching about the benefits of marijuana. And while we are talking about it, um also like not even just marijuana just holistic just just health in general like don't that are grown from the ground yeah if if you're not happy with where you're at sometimes like look to natural stuff or look to other remedies or courses of thought because western medicine as much as it has done for us it also is limiting in very many ways um so just keep an open mind when experimenting with stuff because marijuana has been a huge asset to my life something also that I don't feel as if we can do uh with this podcast just as we start to kind of wrap it up is talk about um the decriminalization of marijuana because there are still many BIPOC communities that are in jail for marijuana possession distribution and things like that while weed is becoming normalized legalized and pretty common um i can drive around with an ounce in my car and have not really any fears um i'm a white passing looking woman i can take weed with where with me wherever i want and has never once crossed my mind that that is something that i shouldn't do Um, Mm -hmm. With that being said, there are plenty of people, um, like I said, majority BIPOC people of color in prisons for marijuana related crimes. It's it's something to think about. Also, follow the dollars when you are supporting um, big corporations for weed. As cool as it is to have these businesses booming in the economy, kind of the running joke is support your local drug dealer, support your local hustler on the corner. there's there's a lot of taxation there's a lot of hands in the pots for money now and because it is such a booming industry there are levels to it uh so that's just kind of what i wanted to say about weed and we'll put a little resource or something in this like episode description just do your research and be informed about everything and also be informed of the history of what you're partaking in facts facts thanks Thanks for the trailblazers like Cheech and Chong that have like kind of made in an open platform to talk about marijuana and like see the, funnier, see the funnier side of it opposed to just being like it's the devil's lettuce because in this point in time during the counterculture movement as we were saying earlier it was the devil's lettuce dude like they even thought that if you listen to the Beatles album backwards you know it was telling you to like hang yourself and it's like devil's le- like devil's work because they talk about drugs and things like that that's like how far things got at this point in time because weed was so stigmatized it wasn't even to the point where we're making crazy leaps where we can legally go buy ourselves pot now we're even talking about in the sense that this can help you cure cancer you know my mom went to the weed store today to buy weed because it's helping her in other ways that it's like who the fuck would have thought this would have been happening you know what i mean like yeah because because of people like teach and chong like you know they normalize weed smoking in a fucking hilarious way openly on television they also pushed it they like they were like obviously we were doing it in a way that's like unhealthy in advance like there's obviously nothing smart about levels and boundaries yeah (laughs) you should not be operating a car if you're stoned like you are still under the influence also like please follow your state's regulations depending on where you are while you listen to this in terms of accessing any substances this podcast is recorded in california where the legal age of smoking and possessing marijuana is 21 grace and i are both proudly 25 year olds and so this is legal 
I thought you were just about to say I was 21. Like, I still feel 21. Mm, No, I feel... I was like, I'm 21. That's me. Mm. I'm 21, but then my brain... I'm like, I'm like 65 years old, but then also 13. Yeah, no, I feel... I'm literally 55 and 13 at the same point in time. Like, I, I am. Like, it's just like... That's just who I am. I feel like some mornings I am a decrepit old woman. And then the next day I'm like, I don't know what taxes are. I think it's like, it's just a constant state of pretending um, that I've got the hang of it. Almost like routine. Like if I pretend to be an adult enough, maybe I will become an adult. It's fake it till you make it. And that is fucking life. Isn't that so sick though? Like realizing that seriously it's the the mindset you carry like if you're gonna sit your if you're gonna sit yourself in your room all day and not do anything with your life what are you manifesting with that honestly don't be that person like just even if it's something smaller you have a passion or a hobby like fucking get out get after it dude or it's not gonna happen yeah like i don't know fucking take a road trip with your friends and like smoke some weed and go hiking and do some cool shit and get get inspired you got this dude laugh you know laugh laugh at trauma yeah. okay or but also don't laugh so much at it that you don't feel it because i've done that <laughs> literally years, years of it buried away and i didn't cry for such a long time you know what i mean fun times good I cry time all the time we know i need that, to though. i need to maybe like cry tonight i'm like so overtired you know when you're so overtired you're like a baby like i feel like i'm so overtired like an actual baby that i could cry just because i'm like why me oh fuck i have you're another confession oh my god what I was just um, thinking as you were saying that, like, when's the last time I cried? Yeah. I cried yesterday. Why is that, like, a bad thing? It wasn't. It was actually really cool, but it's kind of, like, a really cringy. I, okay, it's not cringy. I'm actually mad proud of it. Um, Here we go. I uh, have been working out a lot. I've been loving myself unconditionally. I've just been trying to be the best version of myself I can be and so I have lost some weight and although that's not my goal that is a side effect of all of these positive manifestations in my life and so I've had a lot of fun getting dressed lately and trying stuff on that I didn't think I could wear and going shopping and just being able to like grab sizes and just know my body and it's a really empowering feeling so I got a new swimsuit yesterday a new swimsuit top And I tried it on and I was like looking at myself and I started crying (laughs) because I was just so proud of myself. Yeah, it was just like such a great story. Like, why were you not going to share that? I don't know. Just because ever since I (laughs) well, ever since I said last week, like, I hope you're giving out a million smiles. I've realized how cliche so many things that I say are, but it's it's genuine. That's why I like that you say them because you have such a positive energy and like you're a positive influence and like sharing stories like that. Like, I know that there's people listening that are like not happy with how their body looks. And like, especially like us women, it's hard because there's so much pressure on us and it's hard to go work out every day. And it's really, really hard. Especially when you get into the routine of just being like, well, I haven't worked out consistently for over a month. You don't want to, okay, this is something. You don't want to take that day to feel as shitty and let all of the pressure and see the result of you not working out. So you keep avoiding that day and keep pushing that day back and back and back. But you and need then to now rest. I know, but you're also yeah. now you're pushing your two months back. No, because you're scared to see how out of shape you are. If you get what I'm saying, bite the bullet. All I'm trying to say is bite the bullet and let yourself feel. Oh. How shitty. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying it in the sense where we avoid working out because we don't want to see how out of shape we are. 
okay, I thought you meant something completely different. I, that's that's yeah. exactly it. And it's getting into a gym or getting into a space where you feel comfortable and not vulnerable was also something huge for me. And you know what? This actually ties back to weed. I said I smoke weed before I go to the gym. Smoking weed gets me out of my head. Going mm. to the gym gets me out of my head. Same. But going to the gym puts me in my head. Because yeah. I had such a toxic relationship with it, with diet culture, with my body image, with all of that. So sometimes, and now it's not, I don't have to do this. Now I just go and I fully enjoy it and can put it in at any point in my day. But when I was getting into it and knowing that I needed to do that for my overall health, um, getting fit, uh, I would have to smoke weed to basically get out of my head, to get the confidence, to go into the gym, to go work out. So if you are at that point, I 100% feel you. And I'm not telling you go pack up a bowl and like, you know, just hit the bong or what you, whatever it is. You don't need to do those things, but just know that everyone has those feelings. Everyone yeah. is uncomfortable at some point, but once you get comfortable, there is no better yeah. feeling than pushing your body. Because then you get to be rewarded with the feeling of, okay, I get to look at myself in the in the mirror and feel rewarded and feel good about myself. Feel and like feel genuinely like, beautiful and strong and yeah. me. And that's yeah, something like, that I've wanted for years. Yeah. And dude, claps and snaps for you because that's a feeling that, you know what, like validate yourself because that's awesome. You look so good. I've like been friends with you in points where you like don't feel good about your body and like you've been down mentally about those things and like we all come in and out of those phases but also like it's been a bigger journey for you you know and like that to validate yourself right now and be like yo like I feel so fucking good looking at myself in the mirror like hell yeah dude like, that's true I do I look damn good um yeah, I feel like, damn good and that's and that's the thing that's that western and eastern there's two approaches to it when you work on one aspect of yourself other aspects are going to get better so while I do use anti-anxiety medication I use marijuana I use the gym I use friendships I use this podcast and I also use therapy and all of those things are helping me absolutely love life every day and I think that that kind of brings us into therapy what do you think I say we fucking rail out our com um, comedy note, therapy note, Jesus. Our whole life is a comedy <laughs> note. Literally, dude. But yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm moving my therapy sessions. I like, I don't want them every week. It's like, can I can't even fit the time, and I don't. You're wanna. busy right now, where it's actually just, taking away from you being productive. Yeah, and I'm like, I can't even like fit in talking to her. I just want to meet with her once a month, honestly. Well, there you go. I also feel really good. Like I don't, I needed to talk to her every week because I was really fucking, I was really needing it. <laughs> but I really like just want to talk to her like once a month. Um, that's like all I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, get into our therapy notes. So what is yours? So once again, I'm going to pull a quote from my journal. It's a quote that I think speaks really strongly to myself. It's a quote that I don't know. It just it makes me smile because it's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, it's right. So here we go. When we seek to discover the best in others, we somehow bring out the best in ourselves. William Arthur Ward. So, you know, look around you. Like we said last week, I don't think I gave a challenge for this week. You give your therapy note and I'm going to think on a challenge. OK, I'm actually just trying to pick which one I want to do, but I Maybe I'll read this like excerpt. It's like kind of like, wow, I really write a lot of fucking weird shit in here. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I wanted to share this actually. No, this this thing that I, I, I and also like I know that we say this like every episode. Get yourself a journal. Oh, I wanted to share this excerpt um, that I wrote about when I felt really unbalanced in my like right when I was starting therapy again after a while, um, and I was feeling really unbalanced and kind of unhinged, and that's why therapy is cool. So I'm going to read this excerpt that I have that that I could share to my therapist and you know write about how I feel. So I wrote, why do I feel so unbalanced? Why do I feel like my mind belongs to somebody else? Why would I rather worry than just live? Stay grounded, find balance. Everyone says, while they're teetering on a seesaw with a peg leg. Life is about maintaining and finding homeostasis, equilibrium. That's why everyone uses drugs and alcohol to escape from that balance. Relationships can do one of two things, provide you a newfound balance or destroy all of your momentum. I care too much about what others' actions are around me. And it offends me sometimes with their ignorance, but it's ignorant for me to take on their energy. Oxymoron, that's me. I'm so wrapped up in my own head, confident but unsure, powerful yet timid, self-righteous yet undeserving. Why do I feel so unbalanced? Um, and that's something that I wrote that I could make sense of like the unhinged levels that I was feeling at that point because I was like, I don't know how to make sense of how I'm feeling. And using this journal, me being able to write that and then look at it and be like, okay, I feel so unbalanced because I have so many thoughts in my head. How can I talk to somebody else to, you know, normalize this behavior? And then the next page on my journal is figuring out that, you know, because I let myself see it and I let myself hear it and I let myself make beauty of it with my words. So my, my therapy note was from that of like why I feel so unbalanced is because my therapist was telling me that I basically just have a hard time trusting myself. And that's like why I feel so unbalanced because I have it all, everything I need. I have everything I need and then some, but I don't let myself validate that I have everything that I need. So I feel which, so unbalanced. Which is so bizarre to me because there's like, I feel my my willingness to accept people into my life is because at the end of the day like i think i think i do trust myself so much so it's mm -hmm. like i know that i'll be okay i hope you're mm -hmm. okay like kind of thing um i know i'm gonna be fine so like come along but maybe that's yeah. not a great way no i totally get that but that's why we're two types of girls you know i think that we just think differently and we trust differently you trust so much more than i don't trust anybody let alone myself you trust yourself and everybody if that makes sense. That's what's very different about us. And I sense. feel like I do that because it's kind of like, what's the worst that can happen, which there has been a lot. I mean, I got roofied. Let's not forget. That was the last episode. By a like, pina colada, dude. By so. a damn pina colada. Like, but honestly, what is the worst that can happen? Because another quote. Okay, let me just hit you with another one. Um, Don't on. take pina coladas that might be roofied. My therapist told me that one. Here we go right here. Never regret. If it's good, it's wonderful. If it's bad, it's experience. Eleanor Hibbert. So that's my view on life. Like, that's literally it. Like, any bad experience I have, any mistrust, well, fool me one time. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Okay. You know the whole deal. Still shame on you because I never got anything wrong. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. That's literally shame on me. Sorry. It is. So I look Don't for the good in people. Don't let people fool you twice, okay? Don't let people fool you twice, but I did have a challenge for this week. Um, so just okay. in honor of like just the stony little day and this being a pretty lighthearted episode, honestly. Um yeah. I think what one of my favorite things to do when I am outside um is what I like to call like finding my moments of bliss. Uh okay. where I take 
for whatever reason. It's almost like you take a deep breath and it like sobers you up into reality sometimes. And that moment of bliss is like where you see something beautiful, whether it's like a flower or um, just an interaction between two people on the street. Like you see two people laughing and enjoying themselves. Like just take a moment and take that moment of bliss for yourself and accept it and like internalize it. Cause those are such good check-in points for your body. Like stop and smell the flowers, stop and hit the bong. Like take those moments and of also bliss. just like take, take a second, like genuinely yeah. take a second. Like literally I'm so hard on myself with like how much I want to do in a week that it was Sunday. And I was like, I didn't even do enough this week. Like I didn't do enough. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You worked four days. You started talking to a new guy. You bought yourself a new car and you've written pages of material. Like what more could you have taken on in this week? And I literally just sit there just being, but I took myself and I was sitting and I was trying to meditate and I was like, thank God I slowed myself down. Cause then in my mind, I'm internalizing that I didn't do anything this week. If I didn't take the time to slow myself down, my body would have just accepted that I didn't think I did enough this week, which isn't true. Take a fucking second, check in with yourself. It's important. Because you are probably doing a lot more than you give yourself credit for. And you're probably a lot cooler and nicer and better than you give yourself credit for. Stop stop treating yourself like shit, essentially. Stop treating yourself like shit. Me? No, I'm not. I love myself. No, you're not. I know I know that you're on a different level, but not everyone loves themselves like you do. That's true. And honestly, it took me forever. I don't even to think I love myself like you do. <laughs> I honestly don't even think I do. Um well I hope that you find a couple moments of bliss then for yourself because those are the Over-tired. moments that make yourself Mom, I need a nappy. And I have to get ready for a date. So, um okay, with that being Mom. said, um have a great rest of your day wherever and whoever listening to this uh give us a follow yep give us a follow on the gram i'm at fbg slay grace is at gracie makira oh my god you literally this is this is you here's the thing no no no. here's here's the thing i always want to say gracie makira but then i second guess it and i want to say gracie mac because when i look at the screen it says gracie mac so it's but like I know I what it is. Gracie Mac. But also it's Gracie.Makira. You should be following both me and Soleil at this point. You know what I mean? It's kind of as ridiculous well, if you're not. As following Are You Down to Ride Instagram. That's just without even saying. Like you should be having that followed and you should be sharing this with two friends. Okay? So like you I know you're enjoying yourself. Let your friends enjoy themselves. Okay? And we're also we need to, we need to work on the, the t shirts. So oh, yeah. We're gonna we're I gonna really get some I actually think I want to look into that. I'm going to look into that tonight. Well, there you go. You got a project. All right, you guys. Have a great rest of your day. We will see you next week. Um, Yo, baby. Doing the fucking peace. 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 Talk to you later.